Hey, great to be with you. Uh, my name is Alex Graman. Oh, there I am. My name is Alex Graman. I am the campus pastor over at our Torrance location. Let me greet right now our Torrance folks who are connecting with us live right now. Torrance is so fantastic. So great to be uh, one church in a few locations this morning. Uh, thank you for doing that survey. That just means so much. I know that, that we've already told you that, but really, really going to help as uh, we move towards the future in the church here. Um, hey, before I even start today, I just want to thank those of you. Yesterday was our big pop-up pantry event, grocery packing event uh, out at Grocery Outlet at Redondo. Thank you so much for those of you who showed up. It was a phenomenal day. Uh, we, we packed almost 500 boxes of uh, Thanksgiving boxes with lots of groceries that will go out to people in need in our community. Uh, pray for the delivery drivers today because the deliveries are happening to those organizations yet today. But I, I really do want to, with everyone here, just praise the Lord for his gift of the weather. You may have seen it that we were counting down the days, expecting rain, needing tarps and soggy cord- cardboard board boxes, but he gave us a miracle. It was a beautiful, sunny, clear day, so I just want to praise the Lord as a church for what he, what he accomplished and allowed us to accomplish uh, doing this great service event. Um, hey, today we're just doing a, kicking off a very short series, just a two-week series about the Holy Spirit, about how we can engage with him. Uh, we recognized uh, a little while ago that we often talk about the Holy Spirit. We reference the Holy Spirit and how he's connected with us and guiding us. Uh, but we want to spend these next two weeks talking specifically about what that looks like in our lives. How do we relate to the Holy Spirit? In fact, I want to start with this even more basic question, which we need to ask is, who is the Holy Spirit? Uh, when we even reference that, who are we talking about? Well, the most basic answer is this, that the Holy Spirit is God. He's a member of the Trinity. We believe that there is one God, but through the Bible, he has revealed himself in what we call three persons. That's what we mean when we talk about the Trinity. Now, you'll probably recognize that those three persons are the Father, the Son, who is Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. So we believe in a God that is just one God in three, shows himself, reveals himself in those three persons. If you're new to Christian thought, this is a big one to try to wrap your mind around. If you have been a Christian for a long time, you still should be trying to wrap your mind around this idea that we worship one God who is three in one. In fact, let me show you a diagram. We've shown it before. This is called the Shield of the Trinity. It was uh, first drafted in the 1100s to try to help Christians visualize the the biblical witness, what we believe about how God is, what he is. God, this is, a, this is a diagram all about God, and so we can see the different members of the Trinity are connected by an is. So the Father is God. At the same exact time, the Son, Jesus, is God. They're not different gods. They are the same God. Same thing with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is God. But you can see running around the outside that somehow these three members of the Trinity are distinct from one another. The Father is not the Son. Jesus is not the Holy Spirit, nor is the Holy Spirit the Father. Somehow we worship an unimaginably complicated three-in-one God. Now, the more important question for us, even than this theological truth, because this diagram is meant to explain the thinking, the concept of the Trinity, it doesn't even attempt to ask us the big faith question of then what do we do with this? How can we truly believe or interact with this? In fact, the question we really need to talk about today is how can we relate to God? If God is this mysterious, invisible 
somewhat unknowable in the sense of his complication being, uh, how can we have a relationship with him? What, was a, what would a relationship look like with an all-powerful, unknowable God? I don't have any other experience with that. None of my other friends are invisible, all-powerful beings. Uh, God is the only one on that list. So how do we have a relationship with him? Let me, let me pause for a moment and talk about a different kind of relationship that our culture is facing. Maybe you've heard this concept. It's not a new concept, but it's certainly on the rise in our modern culture, especially with technology. Here's what it is, parasocial relationships. You may have a parasocial relationship in your life and you didn't know it. Parasocial relationships as a term is one that is growing and what it, it's referring to relationships that we think we have but that aren't actually real relationship, almost exclusively relationships that happen online or through media. So for instance, a parasocial relationship, maybe you follow a blog or a podcast really closely and you listen almost every week to those people talk about their lives, what they're into, some area of interest, and you have listened or been engaged with them so long that you're like, these are my friends. <laughs> now what's the problem with that? Are they, those people your friends? Unless they're your actual friends, you're in a parasocial relationship with those people. How many of you have watched on Netflix or, or someplace else some show that's your favorite show and you've watched eight seasons, 10 seasons, and then when that show is done or when they're like, hey, it's leaving Netflix, it moved to something you don't have and you legitimately feel sad or scared because you're thinking, those are my friends. How will I hang out with my friends? If you've ever felt that, it's okay to admit that here. We want to be vulnerable. But uh, in fact, just at the office this week, I heard down the hall one of our dear staff members, and she was saying, I just love Ted Lasso. Uh, he is just so wonderful. I wish there were more people in the world like Ted Lasso. Now, some of you know the problem with that is that there are no Ted Lasso. Ted Lasso is a fictional character from uh, an Apple Plus show. And so, now she knew that, but she was wrestling with a parasocial relationship, one where she felt deeply connected, very interested, but that wasn't a two-way street. Many of you know that I have had a fun hobby for about the past year where I run a YouTube channel where it is a weekly serial review channel, long form serial review channel. It's called Seriously uh, because we take serial seriously. Please subscribe. That's not the point of today's message, but I do want you to subscribe. <laughs> Uh, I have been releasing episodes, I think I'm on episode 40, once every Friday, a new episode about cereals. I'm a mature, real person, by the way, just if anyone's new with us. Uh, if you don't know where to start with Seriously, a couple weeks ago, Pastor Jason uh, was a special guest on the show. We reviewed cereals with a religious background, uh, and so it was really fascinating. That would be a great one to jump in on. But here's why I tell you about Seriously. Uh, my audience for this ridiculous serial review channel is so meager, so tiny, I'm anything but popular on the internet. So the good news is there's no danger of anyone accidentally having a parasocial relationship with me because it's basically my mom and Jason that watch and so we can have a relationship. <laughs> but I am caught in a reverse parasocial relationship because like I mentioned, I've released 40 episodes of my YouTube serial review show and for the past 40 weeks there has been this one internet stranger who has left a thoughtful, serial-related comment on every single episode, and I love this person. <laughs> and I found myself, I will, I have never met them, I will probably never meet them, probably safer if I don't meet them, right, internet strangers, 
But I caught myself the other day thinking how sad I would be if this person suddenly stopped uh, commenting. I might stop the channel. <laughs> now, that's unhealthy. I am in, stuck in this reverse parasocial relationship. Here's the question for us today, though. The worry that might pop up in your mind as you're exploring God is, is God just the ultimate version of a parasocial relationship? Is this one-sided? Is this that God is really the ultimate celebrity? And though I might think about him, though I might be interested in him, he doesn't have time for me. I don't really, he doesn't really know me and I don't really know him. Am I stuck in this place where this unimaginably complex, spiritual, invisible, all-knowing being, why would he care about my life? I want you to know if you ever hit that point, that is a totally valid thought to have because God is that complicated. In fact, God himself tells us that that is an accurate thought that we should think about sometimes. Let me show you this verse in Isaiah. God is describing himself in this passage in the Old Testament. He says, listen, my thoughts, they're nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord. My ways are so far beyond anything you could imagine. Just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways. My thoughts are higher than your thoughts. God says, if you think I'm complicated, you're right. You have no idea. I'm that much bigger and different than you. So this could leave us in a place of saying, God doesn't have time for me. God doesn't really care about me. In that moment, I am so glad that we get to learn together today about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, as a member of the Trinity, God himself, his job is to be a relational bridge between the unknowable, unfathomable God and our daily lives. You can experience the God of the universe in direct, real relationship in your life and that is through the Holy Spirit. In fact, let me use that as our main point for today. We can relate to God. God is not a parasocial relationship. God, it couldn't be a real relationship that you can grow and thrive in, and the way to do that, the means by which we do that, is by experiencing him through the Holy Spirit. Today, we're gonna talk about two ways that we can experience this bridge, this connection to God through the person of the Holy Spirit and the activity that he wants us to engage in. So let me show you right off the bat the first way that we can experience this relationship with God through his Holy Spirit. We need to let the Holy Spirit fill you up. Now, I wanna be clear with the terms here uh, so that we all understand because there's lots of ways even in the Bible that um, describing the Holy Spirit uh, is done. But when I, here's the deal with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, we believe, is living and active in the world even before we knew him. So you didn't have to get to a certain spiritual level, level before the Holy Spirit wanted to interact with you. In fact, what the Holy Spirit, part of his role is he is the one that draws people spiritually in their hearts toward God. So he is the one that convicts the world of sin. He is the one who works in our hearts to convince us that we need the forgiveness of God in the first place, that we are not ourselves perfect or God alone. So the Holy Spirit is already working active in the world right now in people who have no idea because we believe the Holy Spirit is here. We believe that he wants to draw people into a relationship with him. Then when you make a decision to follow Jesus, to receive the forgiveness that God has to offer because of the sacrifice of Jesus, you receive everything the Holy Spirit is. Sometimes we call that the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit comes and makes his home. He dwells in us. 
Now, I'm, I'm going like this as if he's physically in my heart. Sometimes we think about this. Did you ask Jesus into your heart? That was an old way to describe starting to follow Jesus. There's nothing physical about this uh, issue with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is a spirit. So his indwelling is a symbolic imbuing of everything that God is into our lives. So if you have made that decision, you are directly connected to God through his Holy Spirit. Yet, in the Bible, we see over and over this encouragement and this example to now that you have this connection, to consistently be filled by him. It's an ongoing practice that God is asking us to have to allow him to fill us, almost the the idea that we are a vessel, a cup, that consistently needs to be filled. Yes, we we can have the Holy Spirit, but he wants to fill us to overflowing with all of his good character, with all of his guidance, with everything that God is. In fact, when we think of regular relationships, sometimes relationships can be pared down to I give someone something and they give me something in return. That's a kind of a crass way to talk about all relationships. But even in life, I give my wife my commitment and my faithfulness and my love and support and she transactionally gives that back to me. That is our marriage bond. That's not how relationships work with God. We have nothing that we could offer God that is good enough to receive his unbelievable mercy and kindness and forgiveness and nearness in our lives. We cannot be transactional in our relationship with God because we don't even have a full understanding of him that we could offer as a gift in transaction. Instead, let me show you this. We shouldn't try to be transactional but fillable. Our relationship with God needs to be in a posture of approaching him in faith and saying, Lord, fill me up because I need you. I need your activity in my life. I need your life. I need your spirit uh, giving me the spark of life that I need to be the best version of myself. Now, the, the best examples of this, of course, are in the Bible itself, especially in the Bible book of Acts. It's in the New Testament. Acts is a book of the Bible that describes the, the activities of the early church, the first Christians that ever existed over 2,000 years ago. And in that book of Acts, we see passages like this. One is of, of a guy named Peter, one of Jesus' closest friends and disciples. Uh, he is brought before people who are angry that he is telling people about Jesus' resurrection. And as Peter, who certainly well knows the forgiveness of Jesus already, already connected with the Holy Spirit, is standing there in this tough situation where he's being persecuted, here's how it's described in Acts chapter four. It says, then Peter was filled with the Holy Spirit. Did he not have the Holy Spirit before? He certainly did. But he allowed himself in this moment where he was facing a tension, facing a challenge, to be filled with the Spirit and he speaks with boldness and grace about what Jesus has done in the lives of believers. Then we see this, after that meeting, he gets to go and be with his friends at a prayer meeting and after that beautiful prayer meeting is done, here's what we read, after that prayer, the meeting place where they were shook and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Then they preached the word of God with boldness. There is a a desire on behalf of these early believers, Lord, fill us up so we can be brave, even loving towards those who are persecuting us. We need to be filled with the Spirit. Later, one of the first Christian missionaries, Paul, we just got done as a church reading through his book of Galatians. In a different book uh, called Ephesians, he's writing a letter to other Christians and he's giving them a very practical concern, a warning. Here's what he says to them. He says, listen, in your life, don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Instead, to us it should be no surprise, we've got the theme here, we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. 
He's talking about, again, this picture of a vessel, a cup that is filled with something, but it goes beyond just holding that thing inside. He's using an analogy here, wonderfully clear analogy, where the thing that fills us up is often the thing that motivates us or controls us or dictates our next move. And he's saying, in that ancient world, he's saying, don't be then filled with wine. That'll ruin everything. You don't want to be controlled, motivated by a drinking habit. Instead, you need to be filled with something else. Now, for some of you in our modern life, that that might be that your challenge is wine or drinking. And if that's you, you need this very direct challenge. Hey, that's not going to be the benefit that you hope it is. You need to be instead filled with the Holy Spirit. We need to walk through recovery and some of our addictions together. But even if that's not your challenge, we are still people who allow ourselves to be filled with many things, don't we? I made a list so that we don't have to feel bad individually. We can all feel bad at the same time. Maybe we are filling ourselves with selfishness. Or we have allowed ourselves to be filled with pride and that's what motivates our next decision at work with our family. Maybe it's laziness or self-pity. I I listed these. These are great Thanksgiving ones to think about cold-heartedness. Are you going to see a family member that you have been holding a decade-long grudge against? Maybe it's anger or bitterness that fills your heart. Those things control us. And listen, those will ruin your life. That's not what you need. Instead, even if you're a believer already, and if you're not, you need to be inviting us, and we need to invite the Holy Spirit, hey, fill me up, Lord. In fact, I want to take one more step in this analogy before I drop it, that this, the idea isn't just that we are a vessel that would be filled to the top, hold that in, and be making a decision based on what motivates us now. Instead, we're meant to overflow, to leak the Holy Spirit's love and compassion all around us overflow so that others would be splashed by this Holy Spirit as we come around and connect with their lives. Another book of the Bible, Paul was writing that missionary. He says, he's praying for his friends. He says, I pray that God, the source of all hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. Then you'll overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. He wants us to be people who, as we walk through life, we're so inviting, consistently inviting God through his Holy Spirit, fill me up, be my motivation, be the thing that drives me, that people around us would say, wow, thanks for sharing some of that love with me. Uh, Here at Manhattan Beach, you probably see that I have this. I'm going to sing a little song to you today. Uh, When I was 15 years old, a friend of mine in my high school youth group wrote a little song called Hole in My Shoe. It's like a little kid's Muppet song, okay? I just mean that it's like a goofy little kid song. So it's not like, hey, will you stand and close and worship with me? We're going to sing Hole in My Shoe. No. But the theme, is this working? Are we good? Can you hear it? Okay, here's how it goes. Ready? I'm going to sing it once and then we're all going to sing it together. Okay, here's how it goes. It goes, fill me up, oh Lord, but put a hole in my shoe. So everywhere I go, I'd be leaking you. Fill me up, Lord God, but put a hole in my shoe. So all my friends slip and fall in love with you. Ready to sing? Sing with me, everybody. Sing. Fill me up, oh Lord, but put a hole in my shoe. So everywhere I go, I'd be leaking you. Fill me up, Lord God, but put a hole in my shoe. So all my friends slip and fall in love with you. Unbelievable time of worship we just had here. (laughs) 
That song has been stuck as a earworm in my brain for 25 years, but also motivates me. I want to be so full of the Holy Spirit that I remember that song from 25 years ago. Lord, I'm going to need a hole in my shoe so that I'm just leaking your, I was going to say goo, I don't know what it is, but spiritual, I don't know what it is. We're, we're just overflowing with all the good things so that I want my friends to say, I don't know what happened. I was around Alex so much, I slipped and fell in love with Jesus. I want that for my life and I want that for yours. God wants us to say, how did that happen? Well, it's because his Holy Spirit was so evident in our lives. We can say, I know exactly what happened. We need to be filled up by him. You are about to go see your family for Thanksgiving, some of you. And you are thinking, this is the least spiritually full time of my year, and I want to give you a challenge. Here is the challenge this Thanksgiving week. Invite God to fill you with the Holy Spirit before something challenging this week. I didn't want to put before someone challenging this week, but that might be the case. Now, I I pray that you would have a peaceful Thanksgiving, so I'm making a joke a little bit. But some of you know exactly what I'm talking about, where you're like, I need you to fill me up, Lord because I am already prepping the things I'm filling up on of of worriedness, of comparison to my family members, of not even sure if I'll have those family members around so I'm feeling a little bit lonely. Those are the things filling up. Hey, Lord God, will you fill me up full to the brim so that when I see them, when I'm there, when we're eating, it would be a time of peace and gentleness where I would show self-control and patience and just be a light to the people around me. The first thing we need to do this week is invite him in. When we know it's coming, Take five minutes, invite him in before that challenge. You already know it's going to happen. Let's invite him in. That's the first thing. We're going to zip through this second point because uh, you were so wonderful to do that survey today. Here it is. Second thing, way to connect with God through the Holy Spirit. We have to let the Holy Spirit shine a spotlight on Jesus. The Holy Spirit has this odd job, this interesting, curious thing that he does where he doesn't want to be known only for his sake. His job is to shine the light onto Jesus so that we would see him. I want you to look over to the side. Both campuses have a cross. Do you see that cross over there? There's, that cross represents the, the member of the Trinity, Jesus, the son who came to earth, lived a perfect life, and died on a cross of a similar shape so that we wouldn't have to die for the things that we do wrong, but instead he took our punishment. He rose from the dead three days later, conquered death. That's why our symbol is a blank cross. He's not there anymore. Now, his beauty, his glory, his example to us is something that the Holy Spirit's job is to say, look, look more at him. Uh, At both of our campuses, the reason why you can see that cross on the side here is because behind it are these little LED strips of light, right? Now, you can't see the LED strips, can you? They're not supposed to be seen. What are they supposed to do? They are supposed to light up the cross. Those LED strips are the Holy Spirit. They, you're, the Holy Spirit says, well, let me, let me read you a quote. We've been reading a book in preparation for this. Let me read you a quote about the Holy Spirit's job from this author, J.I. Packer. He says, the Spirit's message to us is never, look at me, listen to me, come to me, get to know me, but always look at him, look at Jesus, and see his glory. Listen to him, hear his word. Go to him and have life. Get to know him, taste his gift of joy and peace. The Holy Spirit's job is to say, look at Jesus, Use him as an example. See his glory, the things that he accomplished for you. Praise God for those things. Jesus himself tells us this is how it's going to work. Here's a a part of that book of John. Jesus is talking and he's talking to his disciples. He says, there's so much more. I, Jesus in person, want to tell you. You can't bear it, no, right now. But when the spirit of truth comes, his Holy Spirit, he will guide you into all truth. How? He will bring me glory 
He'll bring Jesus glory by telling you whatever he receives from me. The Holy Spirit's not a different God. The Holy Spirit is the Holy Spirit of Jesus. The Holy Spirit is the one that says, look at Jesus, learn from him. Now, I want to encourage you to invite the Holy Spirit to be with you in your pursuit of Christ-likeness, in your pursuit of God. In fact, this is most evident to me personally in my Bible reading, and I want to encourage you with this action step. Here's what I want you to do. Choose a story about Jesus to read in the Bible and invite the Holy Spirit to enlighten you as you read. Some of you might have already a story in mind that you could read and make this invitation, but if not, I want to encourage you to read a story from the book of John. Even as a staff here at church, we're going through the book of John in our staff meetings, reading chapter by chapter of these incredible things that Jesus did. But what I have found in my personal Bible reading is when I open my Bible, when it's just me reading, it's only so, so effective. But if I take just a moment and say, Holy Spirit, your job is to enlighten me about the beauty of Jesus. As I read the story about what he's done, Will you show me, point something out to me, give me insight? When I read the Bible with the Holy Spirit, it is an incredibly transformational experience. Now, don't get me wrong, not every time. I'm not like, oh my gosh, every single morning in my Bible. But as we practice this invitation to the Holy Spirit, he wants to be with us. He wants to fill us up and he wants to shine that spotlight onto Jesus. So let's review today. Here's what we talked about, very simple. We can do it. We can relate to God. How? Well, it's through the Holy Spirit. We need to let the Holy Spirit fill us up. Let the Holy Spirit shine a spotlight on you. On Jesus, not on you. Oops. Um, Hey, can I ask you, both campuses, will you stand with me? As we go, I know I've been speaking lightly about this Thanksgiving week, but it is an incredible opportunity just culturally for us Many of us will intersect with people that are not the norm. Maybe you're visiting from out of town even today, uh, and maybe you're thinking, wow, I'm here till next week staying in that spare bedroom. That's going to be it. Let's invite the Holy Spirit uh, to fill you up uh, today to get you through that. Um, Before I pray, though, I'm so sorry I made it sound like I was going to. I do want to point out that cross one more time. After service, we're going to have wonderful staff and volunteers at that cross. Would love to pray with you. If you know there's an upcoming challenge, we'd love to process this. Will you bring it to God together uh, so that you can really know that he is with you this week? All right, now let me pray for us as we close. Dear Jesus, thank you for everything you want to accomplish in our lives. Thank you that uh, you don't ask us to do those things on our own, but you want to fill us up. You want to be our motivation, our strength, our life through the Holy Spirit. We invite you this week, Lord God, to be with us, some of us as we travel, some of us as we prepare to host, some of us as we just have a a week uh, in, in solitude, Lord God. Will you be with us? Help us to feel that you're present. And then, Lord God, guide us into the right move to show your love to the people around us. We praise you, Lord Jesus. Fill us up. Pray in your name. Amen. Thank you so much for coming to church. We'll see you back next week.